And the church said, wow, thank you. This is probably one of the most important things that we will do in an entire week is when we come together to worship God and to remind ourselves that our God is alive. Amen? A few things before we jump into the, uh, to the sermon. Um, who's got the shepherd's prayer? Dempsey, I got one. Our youngest son is alive and well. Going to school at Louisiana Tech in Ruston, Louisiana, where an F3 tornado ripped through the campus and tore up buildings and athletic complexes and hotels, ripped sides off hotels. And thankfully, he was about a half mile away from where he lived. And so we are very thankful for that. But there was death and a lot of suffering going on. So if we could remember to pray for those that live in Ruston, Louisiana. And we're thankful for our son being alive. So it's a great day. want to remind you now that on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock, we have Peak of the Week. If you haven't been to Peak of the Week, you have no idea... What you're missing. Last week we talked about the Patagonia toothfish, this ugly fish that has teeth and people eat it all around the world. Right? What in the world does that have to do with anything? We got people taking cold showers. We got, we got families now who have their kids cleaning their front yard. Um, we got folks losing weight. I'm down 17 pounds. I had to. The Kansas City barbecue was about to make me go buy an entirely new wardrobe. So uh, I think I'm even taller, Stan. So that's peak of the week right there. So now here's the deal. Oh, by the way, so when we when we post something on Facebook or that's really all I post on Facebook, when you see it hit like everybody hit like. And so the word is then is spreading out in the community. Okay. So look for those advertisements so that we can, can, uh, can extend our reach a, a little bit further. So if you come Wednesday night, you got some homework to do. you got to catch up and listen to and think about the song that Billy Joel wrote a long time ago called Piano Man. It's a message that resonates throughout our community. Okay, so make sure you listen to it before you come. But that starts... At, um, at Wednesday night at, um, at 7. In thinking about today, um, I was thinking about, okay, this, this particular month of May. And next Sunday, we're going to be uh, blessing those little ones who've been born uh, in the last year or so. This church has babies everywhere. Do you realize that? They are everywhere. Thank you, Lord, for that. And I can't think of a better thing to do than to, to, to circle around them and pray for God's blessing as they grow and praying for us as we influence their lives and encourage them. Uh, so that'll happen next week. And then, of course, the month of May, we have those that are graduating from, from high school and college and they go off and leave us. No, that's really a good thing. We're excited about that. But it got me to thinking about how fast life goes by. I mean, it's just quick. You turn around and, and, and things are entirely different. And I can, I can remember 
back when I was in high school and college and young married. And now Marianne and I are living in Kansas City, Missouri, and we're empty nesters. It reminded me of a time when uh, all of our children were young and we had the brilliant idea, let's all load in the car and we're going to go to Florida, which was about a 12-hour drive. But what we learned, I don't know if you're like me or not, what we learned um, early on with children is drive during the night. Right? They go to sleep. Young parents, write that down. They go to sleep. So it was a Sunday afternoon, and we were packing up, and, and I took a nap. And so we left later in the afternoon, and we were going to drive all night long. And about an hour and a half into the trip, our oldest son says, well, he's about 10 years old at the time, 10 or 11. Oh, I'm about to be sick. Pull over. What? You know, pulling off the side of the road. Sure enough, he was accurate in his description. I'll leave it at that. Back in the car, keep him away from the others driving down the road. It wasn't 30 minutes later. Our second child said, oh, no, I think I'm going to be sick. Pull over. You've got to be kidding. Pulled over. She was accurate. Within two hours, all four of our children had to pull off the side of the road and, and they were accurate. And I looked at Marianne and I said, this was a great idea, wasn't it? This was just brilliance right here. We already had all the, the, the places, you know, reserved. And, and so, but here's interesting. This doesn't have to do with the story, but with the sermon. But I said, well, I guess there goes the Florida trip. Every child said, no, 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 we'll be fine. We'll be fine. I promise you, we'll be okay. By the time we got to Florida, they were healed. <laughs> they were healed. There's another lesson right there. Write that one down. But how time goes by so fast. And I want us to think today about learning how to see the world and live in this world with an eternal perspective. I think that is, that is so critical. You know, I say all the time, Father, time is undefeated. It's not mine, but I, it's undefeated. And so we want to think about today, life is a journey. The question is, where are we going? Let me say a few things and I want to show you a video clip. Don't treat the temporal the temporary. Don't treat the temporal as eternal. But learn how to establish an eternal perspective from which to evaluate the temporal. So see, that becomes the foundation that gives us the ability to determine what's really important in this world of temporary. And to do that, it means... We have to learn to soak in the moment. I've said before, in this moment, everything is just right. I want to soak it in. You do realize that the, that the odds tell us that this group of people, just this group, may never again assemble. To be... Some that are gone, some other ones that aren't here that will be here. This is the moment we have. Soak in the moment. Because life continues to go. So Robin Williams in uh, Dead Poets Society, uh, many years ago. Go ahead and click there, or will it start immediately if you click it? Okay, so watch him as he is an 
English teacher in a prep school, and they start walking by all the old pictures. Okay? Make sure the volume's up as much as you can. Go ahead. Now, Mr. Pitts. It's a rather unfortunate name. Mr. Pitts. Where are you? Mr. Pitts, will you open your hymnal to page 542? Read the first stanza of the poem you find there. The versions to make much of time? Yes. The one. <laughs> Somewhat appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Old time is still a flying. And this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. Thank you, Mr. Pitts. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. The Latin term for that sentiment is carpe diem. Now, who knows what that means? Carpe diem. That sees the day. Very good, Mr. Meeks. Meeks. Another unusual name. Seize the day. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Why does the writer use these lines? Because he's in a hurry. No. Thanks for playing anyway. Because we are food for worms, lads. Because believe it or not, each and every one of us in this room is one day going to stop breathing, turn cold, and die. I'd like you to step forward over here and peruse some of the faces from the past. You've walked past them many times. I don't think you really looked at them. They're not that different from you, are they? Same haircuts, full of hormones, just like you. Invincible, just like you feel. The world is their oyster. They believe they're destined for great things, just like many of you. Their eyes are full of hope, just like you. Did they wait until it was too late to make from their lives even one iota of what they were capable? Because, you see, gentlemen, these boys are now fertilizing daffodils. But if you listen real close, you can hear them whisper their legacy to you. Go on, lean in. Listen. You hear it? Bible has to say about this. Psalm 39. Lord, make me to know my end and what is the extent of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You've made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. Man is a mere phantom as he goes to and fro. He bustles about, but only in vain. He leaps up wealth 
not knowing who will get it. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. And James says this in James chapter 4, verse 14. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And, and on the surface, and I did this on purpose, that this whole setup for this sermon seems very pessimistic, right? Very tragic way of, of looking at life. Kind of a morbid worldview. But I think it turns out to be realistic and hopeful. In that with this understanding, it moves us to some degree, to live life now. It's short. And the clock is still ticking right now. I think this also creates, it, it, it does for me anyway, maybe you can share with me in this, it creates a sense of urgency. That there are some things I need to address right now. There are some things I need to take care of. There are some relationships. Whatever it is, that there's a sense of urgency because I don't know how long I have. And we need to be urgent. But it also, to a degree, forces us to live life intentionally. I don't want to waste another day. I don't want to let another hour go by. And so we learn to make a list of our priorities. But this idea also is as an opportunity then to renew our minds with biblical truth. Scripture talks about this. I could have thrown in 10, 12, 15 verses that speak to this particular subject. It's a reminder that here it's a temporary journey. And that we have an eternal destination. So then can we begin to look at life with new eyes? I love this quote. The real act of discovery consists not in finding new lands, but in seeing with new eyes. Because here's what happens. When we begin to look at things with new eyes, the lands change. The world changes. Instead of just going through the motion or motions, or just doing what everybody else is doing, we want to learn to look at life from a different perspective, from an eternal perspective, and then make decisions based on that. But let me just tell you something in thinking through this. This is a challenge. You could sit here today and go, that's right, sitters, man, you're all over it. Amen, let's go do it. But I'm going to tell you, when you walk out of here, it's going to be challenging. And it should be. Anything that is lasting is challenging. So the challenge is this, that we live in a world of temporal messages. What we hear on television, the internet, our phones, people that talk, it's all about the temporal, the temporary. What is it you can get now? And so learning to see and to live like this also challenges that everything that culture reinforces going against the grain. When we think of that, for some of us, there'll be just this desire to say, no, I really don't want to deal with this. 
really don't want to think about this. And so I'll just stay busy. I'll just stay busy. With the idea being that if I stay busy enough, you see, I don't have to think about it. What happens, though, as we live in that idea of staying busy, time is still passing. We haven't stopped the clock. It's still moving in that direction. So then it's a challenge also to bring everything into conformity with the culture of the cross. Which is the idea of dying so that we can live. What is it I need to die to? But it's not just a challenge, it's also an opportunity. Listen, this is an opportunity to free ourselves from pain and worry and stress and fears. It's an opportunity to shift to an eternal perspective. How do you do that? We begin again by savoring the day and the moment. So just a kind of some quick application to this. I want to learn, well, I, was going to, I want to learn to savor lunch. I really don't have to learn that. I love eating. But but what I'm talking about is sitting down at the table with the people that we are there with. I want to savor that moment. I want to look at it from an, an, an eternal perspective. I want to savor the moment of mowing the yard, changing the diaper, going on a trip with your four kids. You see, at the moment we thought, oh, this is a disaster. You know what? If we could go back in time, I'd probably say, let's load up the four kids and go to Florida. I want to savor it now. I don't want to wait any longer. Here's what A.W. Tozer said about this. How completely satisfying to turn from our limitations to a God who has none. Eternal years lie in his heart. And, and from him or for him, time does not pass. It just remains. And those who are in Christ share with him all the riches of limitless time and endless years. I love that. Like it's so refreshing to, to be reminded, oh yeah, you know, I live here on this earth in a body in time and space, but I serve one who is eternal, who is limitless. And that's where we're going. So here's what I want you to think about. We have to learn how to experience and enjoy temporal events, these moments right now, but enjoy them from an eternal perspective. What does this mean in the long run? What is this doing for my life? And so that this eternal perspective becomes the foundation and it keeps us focused and it keeps us on point. It's how we learn to make decisions in life. Thus we learn 
We invest in the eternal by prioritizing the temporal in day-to-day activities. So here's the question we ask. Ready? Will this matter? That's the question. Will it matter? I'm sitting here, I'm standing here right now, and I'm thinking about, you know... I hope my belt matches my pants. I hope, it's, I hope it doesn't stand out. I hope it's, I hope it's the right belt and I hope the socks. I do know that my socks are a little bit navy blue and my suit, though, is gray. And I hope that... Will it matter? Does it matter? See, will it matter in a year from now? Nope. I will forgot that I had the wrong belt and socks on. What, will it matter in five years from now? Is it going to matter in 20 years? It's coming, guys and girls. It's coming. I laugh at my boys. They always used to make fun of me because of aches and pains. And I say, I can't get out there and play. Well, my oldest is having aches and pains now. And I laugh on the phone. In a good way. In a spiritually godly way. I laugh at it. <laughs> told you it's coming. But ultimately, will it matter in 50 years? Will it matter in eternity? That's how we want to make decisions about what we're doing today. Because there's only a few things that really matter. Think with me quickly through Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I love this. I love the wisdom of Ecclesiastes. What gain has the worker from his toil? Which is a does it matter question. I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. There is a place for it. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything in its time. That's the key. In its time. Well, let me ask you about today. When is the time? If the time is not now. What time is it, church? It is now o'clock. Anytime somebody asks you that from now on, what time is it? Now o'clock. Because that's a mindset that I'm not putting off anything else. I'm not giving, I'm not giving away another day because time is so precious and it keeps going. And right now, it's beautiful. Everything's beautiful in its time. I don't want to wait for tomorrow. I want to learn to live right now. Also, He has put eternity into man's heart. Now, watch this though. Yet, so that he cannot find out where, what God has done from the beginning to the end. I love that. He doesn't just give it all to you. So eternity is in our heart. That's why when we get up in the morning, we have those impulses, the spirit that resides in us, that, 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 that moves us in the direction of thinking of the eternal. Now, we can we can shut it off and turn it off. But every morning, right, there's eternity inside of us. But the writer says God hasn't just put that in your heart to let you know everything he's done and everything he's going to do. No, life is an adventure. It is an adventure that's pulling us toward the eternity. It is pulling us toward our eternal home. But in the meantime, we got to think and we got to make decisions and we got to go to lunch and we got to get in the car and we got to be in traffic. And 
See, no longer am I driving to Walmart. I'm driving to heaven. I just thought of that. I like that. (laughs) Just came up with that. Now, watch what he says. If that's the case, right, we're building on eternal to help us make decisions that are that are temporary. So then here, I love this. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, I love it. Everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in his toil. Because that's a gift from God. That's a gift. Once I get these things in order, then what I do is a gift and it's joy. And I live in the moment. I don't waste any more time. Thornton Wilder's play called Our Town depicts a young woman who dies during childbirth. In the third act, the stage manager allows Emily to go back and observe one single day of her brief life. But the dead around her advise her, choose the least important day of your life. Choose the least important. It'll be important enough. But instead, Emily selects her 12th birthday and is soon overwhelmed by the experience. I can't, she said. I can't go on. This this goes too fast. We don't have time to look at one another. She said, I didn't realize all that was going on and we never noticed. Take me back. Take me back up the hill to my grave. But first, wait. wait. One more look. She says, goodbye. Goodbye, world. Goodbye, Grover's Corner. Mama and Papa. Goodbye, ticking clocks. And Mama's sunflowers. And food. And coffee. And new iron dresses. And hot baths. And sleeping. And waking up. Oh, earth, you're too wonderful for anybody to realize you. And she looks toward the stage manager and asks abruptly through her tears, Do any human beings ever realize life while they live it? No, he says, the saints and poets, maybe they do some. But other than that, no. And we resolve from this point forward that we will. We will live life moving forward from an eternal perspective and not let those moments pass us. So from this day forward, we vow to live from eternity in our hearts to the honor and glory of Jesus. And we say, God, help us to live the life he's called us to live. We're going to stand and sing a song that has been selected. And if we can pray for you, if today you need to come and say, I I need to get there. 
I've been living life just haphazardly, afraid, in the temporal realm. It's time to focus heavenward. It's a great time to do this. If you have a need, won't you come while we stand and sing?